you are seeing the worst on display right now. The absolute worst. And the lack of shame that is being displayed by so many people right now is inexcusable. And I know that you just came from Bongino where you played the clip from Beto O'Rourke and his stupid little stunt after he you know, announced that he's running for governor and he's trying to get up there in Abbott's face. And it's just, it, again, I, I don't know if somebody gave him that advice to do that. I don't know if he decided to do that on his own. I don't know what it was, but it was a disaster. And even the mayor of, of, the mayor of Uvalde called him a disgrace, called him a sick son of a bee. Um, this is this is exactly what people like me have been warning you about for a very long time. It used to be that I could crack the microphone, be the nice, polite guy. We would go through the issues. We would do all of that. Here's what happens as you start waning through that, as I've been in this business for 17 years. And there are others who have been in this business for a lot longer than me. Here's what you learn. You learn being nice doesn't get you any success. I'm not talking about my career. I'm talking about on issues. Being nice doesn't mean anything. The nicest politicians in the world are attacked by the rabid left just as visceral as they attack Donald Trump. That's the truth. For those of you who are younger and don't remember the George W. Bush years, I assure you they gave George W. Bush as much as they gave Trump. Maybe it was amplified a little bit because of social media. Maybe it was amplified a little bit because he actually fought back. But George Bush never fought back. And never stopped them accusing him of being a Nazi. Never stopped them accusing him of being a racist or, or a war criminal. None of that ever stopped. And it was incessant. It was as tiresome of a news cycle during the Bush presidency as it was during Trump's. So you've got Trump who fights back. You've got Bush who doesn't. Doesn't matter. Rabid leftists are going to be rabid leftists. That's just who they are. The other thing that rabid leftists love to do is they love the ad hominem attacks. They love falsely accusing people of racism. They love their double standards. They love that. They thrive on that. That is their existence. That is their entire world. The entire nexus of leftism is perpetually and hypocritically accusing other people of the bigotry that they themselves are responsible for. The other thing they really love to do is they love to stand on the graves of the dead. See, they don't actually care about victims. They don't care about victims of anything. They don't care about victims in Ukraine. They don't care about victims in a womb. They don't care about the victims in Texas yesterday. They want to use it as an opportunity to advance their political agenda. A normal, decent human being looks at what happened yesterday and says, I'm going to hold off on, on policy issues that I might think could be at play here, and I'm going to give the families of those time to breathe. Even though none of you probably knew the people who were involved in any of this, there's still a shock in society when something like this happens. Because in the West, unlike other places of the world, we actually love our children. 
And when our children are victims, we tend to take it very personally. So there's always this big moment after something like that happens where reasonable people try to take a step back, try to think about the family, try to think about those who are still clinging to life and fighting in a hospital, and they offer prayers. That's what normal people do. Insane people interrupt a press conference, not just with the governor, who happens to be his political opponent, but with families of the victims standing behind him and screams at the governor at an event where they are talking about the victims. That's what a crazy person does. That is somebody who should be in a moral society ostracized by everybody. Have you seen the headlines on the Beto O'Rourke incident? Fox has got it right. A couple of other places have it right. Not CNN. Not others. No. Not at all. Oh, he's, he confronted Abbott about mass shootings. No, he didn't. He didn't confront Abbott. That's not what he did. That political theater there. Beto O'Rourke looked at all of the family of the victims that were standing behind Governor Abbott, and he just took a step right on the graves of their children. That's what he did. Some of us. We're wondering if Biden was actually going to have a positive moment. We didn't assume that he would. But when he opened his speech, and I will not play it for you today. I'm not going to subject you to what Biden did yesterday. But when he started that speech, many of us were surprised. We kind of looked around and said, holy smokes, he might actually get this one right. But he didn't. He not only didn't get it right, he devolved into the dementia-riddled, crazy diatribe that he is known for. And he starts faking being angry, yelling at people who had nothing to do with any of this, throwing around false accusations against groups and people who had nothing to do with this, and he made it political. I've told you this before, you know, the NRA has a standing position, even though none of their members have ever been involved in one of these shootings, but they're always blamed for them, which is what Beto O'Rourke did today. The NRA has a standing policy to not comment on these things right away. Their policy is to provide a cooling off period. Now, again, an honorable person, a person of character, wouldn't attack the NRA until the NRA is going to respond. Is that what leftists are interested in? No. See, they're interested in attacking the NRA while the NRA is not responding. Why? Because they know they've got a few days there where they can get in as many punches as they possibly could without a response. Why? Here's what the the data shows on mass shootings, particularly when it involves schools. Immediately after a mass shooting, 
there's massive, massive support for we have to do something. In that period of anguish, despair, and mourning, people's minds are at its weakest. They're the they're most easily manipulated after tragedy. So they immediately push as much gun control as they possibly can. They immediately demonize anybody they don't like politically as much as possible. Why? Because the collective populist is in a place that is dark. And they are more susceptible to buying into that. They're more susceptible to taking a torch and a pitchfork and marching on the House on Capitol Hill. They're more interested in doing that. About five days later, all of that goes away. People return to normal. People calm down. People start thinking clearly again. And people realize the stuff that they had heard for those first three days was absolute crap and nonsense. But we repeat this pattern over and over and over and over again. I promise you I'm not going to do the entire show on this. I promise. I'm not. But there are some things that you need to hear. And we'll go over those next on Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Casey Hendrickson. News, weather, and traffic during Michiana's morning news on 95.3 MNC. Your breaking news and weather station. I posted something today from Dennis Prager. I also posted on Facebook. I posted something from from Kayla over on Wowo. Um, I've been thinking about a couple of things anyway, just in my my daily life, and jotting some notes down. And I started thinking about this and how it related to some of the stuff that I was pondering in my own head. Um, and Kayla said some things that really piggybacked on some of the stuff that I had already jotted down, which may or may not come out publicly at at some point. I don't know. I'm not ready to do it yet. So if you're on my Facebook page, I shared it. Uh, So if you go to Facebook, I know that I don't use Facebook all that much anymore, but if you go to facebook.com slash Casey, the host, you can, you can listen to what Kayla said about this this morning. It's only four minutes. And, and I think that she did a stellar job of framing what the real problem is, not what the fake problem is. But Dennis Prager also wrote a really good article. Biden's Buffalo speech was the speech of an indecent man. And I know that this isn't this isn't about Texas. It's about Buffalo. But I still want you to read it. It published yesterday. Unfortunately, just coincidentally, it published before what happened in Texas. But you should still read this because it goes over the stuff that Biden said in his speech in Buffalo, where he inaccurately and falsely misstated basic facts. And it ties into exactly what happened in his speech in Texas, where he misstated basic facts, which I'm not, again, I'm not playing it for you. I know that uh, everybody today is playing you the, the outrageous portions where he turned into crazy old man Biden again. I'm not going to subject you to that because, frankly, it's inappropriate. It was inappropriate for him to say it. I think it would be inappropriate for me to play it for you today. What I can do is give you a little bit more information about what we have. 
Yesterday, I gave you the name of the shooter twice. Told you I wasn't going to do it again. Now, as I read, maybe I'll accidentally mention his last name. I'll do my best not to. You already know he's 18 years old. We got 19 kids dead, two adults dead now. We got a shooter dead as well. I'm still waiting for AOC while she's running out there with her anti-gun rhetoric. I'm still waiting for Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez to acknowledge that the people that she hates so much, the Border Patrol, are the ones that took the shooter down. Because it was a Border Patrol officer who took the shooter down. We found out this school police also engaged in fire with the shooter who had cover. So while AOC's running around attacking guns and the gun lobby and all of these other things that have absolutely nothing with what actually happened there, I wish you would just take a breath and acknowledge that the people that she thinks are the worst human beings in the entire country, the Border Patrol, are the ones that saved those children. The Border Patrol also arrived and provided medical aid to all the victims who were there, too. That gets left out of all of this. The Border Patrol's job isn't to do that, but they still responded. We know that Governor Abbott identified the shooter. We talked about that yesterday. A manager at a local Wendy's confirmed that the shooter had worked at the establishment but kept to himself mostly. Quote, he felt like the quiet type. The one who doesn't say much. He didn't really socialize with other employees. He just got to work. He got paid. Came in and he got his check. Went home. That was it. That's all he did. However, according to the Daily Beast, co-workers have a bit of a different story. Apparently, he was very threatening. He was particularly rude towards the girls and one of the cooks. At one point in time, he threatened the cooks by saying, Do you know who I am? They also said, they, they claimed, I don't have any evidence of this. They, they claimed that he sent inappropriate text messages to the ladies. Now, I told you yesterday this guy was giving off incel vibes. One of the female workers also said that at the park, there would be videos of him trying to fight people with boxing gloves because he would carry these boxing gloves around with him. So you're starting to get a picture now? I haven't seen an awful lot of this stuff in your corporate media. I don't know why. Yes, I do. But we're starting to get information about who this guy actually was. He was mentally ill. Massive red flags. Massive warnings. Nothing was done. Somebody also told the Washington Post that they had been friends until his behavior started to deteriorate, adding that he would often be bullied because of a stutter and a lisp. This goes back to a societal issue that I've told you many times before. We do not teach young people how to handle bullying, nor do many adults, frankly, interrupt and curb the bullying. At one point, somebody called called the uh, the shooter, said that the shooter cut his own face with a knife just for fun. He said he would cut up his face with knives over and over. Another person who knew him said that he allegedly would shoot at strangers with a BB gun from a car. Now, again, rumor mills fly fast and furious after stuff like this. So I don't know how accurate any of this is, but I am passing this on. These are people who knew the shooter and some of their stories about them. 
We told you about the the gun Instagram message that happened yesterday. I don't need to go into details about that. The woman that he sent those messages to still claims that she has no idea who he is or how he would even know her. She doesn't know him. This isn't somebody who went to school with him and he had he had fancied her from afar or anything like that. She has no idea who this guy is. We also told you that he posted photos of the two rifles that he had bought on his 18th birthday. A former classmate told the Washington Post that he posted videos on Instagram showing him screaming at his mother and cursing at her as she tried to kick him out of the house. Keep in mind, he would later shoot his own grandmother in the face. Quote, he posted videos on Instagram where, where the cops were there. He'd be screaming and talking to his mom really aggressively. So once again, known to law enforcement. Another classmate says that he texted him photos of ammo and firearms. He would message me here and there. And four days ago, he sent me a picture of the AR that he was using. And then he had a backpack full of uh, five, five, six rounds, probably like seven mags. This is somebody who has a long and disturbing pattern of behavior. Getting thrown out of his house by his mom, law enforcement getting called. Eventually killed his own grandmother before he walked into the school and did what he did. Now, Dana Lash, I think, had one of the best responses to Joe Biden's speech. She said the gun lobby didn't head his household. The gun lobby didn't neglect to monitor his behavior. The gun lobby didn't neglect to secure the school. The gun lobby didn't leave any doors unlocked. And the gun lobby didn't tell him to murder anyone. And Lauren Boebert is going directly after AOC. Miss Defund the Police, gun-free zones have proven to be a to be deadly. Let me know when you're ready to do your job and effectively protect our schools with armed security. She then says, let's meet and solve this. And I would like to remind everybody, Democrats are the ones who want cops out of school. What would have happened if those resource officers didn't engage the gunman yesterday? How many more kids would be dead today if those officers, if AOC and others like her had their way and they were out of that school? How many more dead kids would we have? But that's exactly what the leftists want. They want more dead kids so they can advance their narrative. Got more coming up. From the final phase, Electric Studios. From the first step to the final phase, industrial and commercial electrical done right. Casey Hendrickson. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I'm your host, Casey Hendrickson. Do you want to thank R&B Car Company locations in South Bend and Warsaw? R&B Car Company are your used car experts. In the midst of all of this, in the midst of all of this, the Washington Post, the Washington, I, I can't believe that they actually did this two days ago. 9.42 p.m. May 23rd. On May 25th, 2020, George Floyd was shot and killed in police custody. No, he was not. But they posted that. The Washington Post did. 
And here's the thing. Some people, yeah, maybe it's just a, whoever's running Twitter. You know, maybe they just don't know much. Yeah, except they published it in the newspaper. Well, on their website. And it was, this is the thing that I want to I want to focus on here for just a second, okay? I don't know how many of you know who Fleckus is. Fleckus Talks is a great YouTube channel. He's got channels on Rumble and stuff like that, too. They had this amazing man-on-the-street sort of thing that they did this week. I'm actually going to add it to the commercial videos that play sometimes during my live stream. Young people know nothing. And they go around, and they've got people who are in their graduation gowns and everything else, and they're asking them really basic questions. When was the United States founded? What country is Mount Rushmore in? Things like that. And they can't answer those basic questions. Now, when you run around and you still have Gretchen Whitmer in the middle of COVID doing hands up, don't shoot, which, again, is something that never occurred. But sparked the BLM movement, riots, violence, and death. This is a reader submission to the Washington Post. So a reader submitted something to the Washington Post, and the Washington Post published it. And then the Washington Post promoted it by linking to it and making a tweet about it. I'm assuming the reader who submitted this is not the one who made the tweet, because I don't think the reader has access to post tweets on Washington Post's official Twitter account. But I could be wrong. Who knows? It's a mess over there. On May 25th, 2020, George Floyd was shot and killed in police custody. No, he was not. So the Washington Post, not once, but twice allowed this falsehood to get spread. And here's the thing. Tons of retweets. Tons of them. I'm sure some of those retweets were people going, wow, Washington Post is really stupid. Look what they did. But I'll bet a lot of them actually think that George Floyd was shot in custody. I bet they do. So, Mr. Democracy dies in darkness, Washington Post. These are the types of things that foment violence on law enforcement as well. And we have had a massive increase in ambush attacks and violence against police officers over the past couple of years. And right now, 2022 is looking like being one of the worst years in recent memory. If the trends hold, we haven't even gotten to the hot months yet. And that's where it all ramps up. So do you think maybe the news media running around and telling lies like hands up, don't shoot, causes violence? What else does the news media promote that might cause school shootings? There's lots of answers to that. And as I told you yesterday, and I was pleased that Bongino kind of covered today, focus on the basics. I have been appalled the entire time that I've been in this community how easy it is to get into schools. Now, I come from a place where school violence is normal. Okay? This is... People get stabbed, shot, thrown through windows, things like that. That's normal where I'm from. It doesn't make the news unless it's an extra saucy sort of an event. One thing that we have, though, we've got metal detectors going into school. We've got police officers who are armed at school. We've got all sorts of things that are in place that you can't just walk onto campus where I'm from. Here, there are some schools that have started to do that. 
but I am still shocked at how many campuses that I'm invited to that I can just walk in and freely walk around the school. You just walk up to the front door and you open it up and you just walk in. If you're lucky, somebody in the office will see that you walked by and go, sir, sir. And because I'm not a bad guy, I will go into the office and I will get my badge and sign in and do my thing. But it is amazing how many schools here don't do this. Shocking. What would have happened if that school were locked? What would have happened? I told you yesterday we weren't sure. It was a field day or something was going on. We didn't know. Now we just know that the school was not locked. He just walked in. Unacceptable. Basic fundamental security. Not being done in a place where you don't have a lot of protection. You have a few people there, and God bless them for being there. But that is a large campus for those people to cover. And yet, here in South Bend, viral story just Last year, now she's gone now, but the former head of the empowerment district kicking police officers out of school, don't want you around, makes us uncomfortable while having anti-police propaganda on the halls of the school while the officer is there. That's what gets kids killed. That right there. Not protecting them. Not some political position. More coming up, 95.3 MNC. Casey Hendricks.